You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? I'm good. Let's, let's talk some football. Let's jump into it. Coming up on today's show, we go over our all 22 notes. Uh, Landon and I both had the chance today to sit down and watch the game tape, and we have a lot of things to discuss. But let's go ahead and start with Dak Prescott, uh, who we both thought had a much better game here in Week 2. Landon, you pointed out something interesting to me this week about Prescott, that you actually saw him change some of his arm angles on some throws. Tell us what you saw in film. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's kind. Of, I thought I had seen it a little bit on, um, on you know, in the game game footage as well, the broadcast footage, and 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 it kind of going back and looking at it, it 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 looks like you know, in some of these shorter throws, he was he kind of adapted sort of a sidearm kind of throw to uh, the three quarters, more of a three quarters delivery than he normally does uh, uh, to just kind of make sure that the ball got out. Uh, it was kind of interesting just because we haven't seen that kind of thing happen uh, very much. I, I thought uh, overall he looked a lot better. I feel I still feel like there was a couple different plays where, um, you know, he was in progression and I think he uh, maybe got it was off sync with where his eyes were supposed to be in relation to where the wide receivers are in route. Um, but, but I think overall you saw, you know, he looked a lot more comfortable, especially, you know, when he was allowed time in the pocket, when they give him, you know, you know, time and, and blocking uh, protection, you know, there was met several max protection situations, you know, especially on that uh, deep throw to Tavon Austin for the touchdown. Uh, you know, and I think when he's comfortable in there and is able to deliver the ball, uh, he throws a beautiful ball down the field. And so, um, I, I think that's mm-hmm. you know, that has been an issue at times. Uh, but I think that uh, this you know this game he he definitely showed that he has that ability to do that. Um, you know, and, and I think that again, like a lot of people have talked about, you know, the running is uh, it, it just opened up a lot of things for everybody else. And, and when he when they run the zone read and he shows them that he has the ability to take the ball and, and, and run with it. And, you know, he's, and is a good runner. Um, I think that it just, he's also an incredible decision maker. Yeah. With it. Like he rarely makes the wrong read on those. Yeah, zone absolutely. And, and, and I think beyond that too, he also, you know, his decision making and his ability to get us in and out of plays, uh, you know, it's, it's also very good. I think, you know, the, the, the running the offense, facilitating the offense, um, is you know it's 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 a big part of what he does well, and and I think that uh you know we talked we talk about judging these guys on a spectrum, you know there's lots of people after the game that were discussing you know his lack of passing uh, yards and all that stuff and, and you know look it's it's who would uh, ever well do I this? mean I don't know who would ever tweet out this uh, I, I don't know uh, <laughs> ch- check your timeline see who it was um. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, I think the thing is, is that you know the, the the quarterback position is is a difficult position to evaluate, and I think sometimes there is a level of 
and I'm not accusing you of this because I think you know knew what you were doing. Uh, but I think there, that there is a, a a segment out there that kind of tries to t- or tends to lean too much on a specific stat or this or that as the kind of you know overall judgment of how a quarterback performed in a game. And, that that's I would almost say that's all due to fantasy football. And listen, I am a huge fantasy person, but we love to look at counting stats and figure out who are the best players in the league by looking at counting stats. Dak is never going to be a guy that throws for five thousand yards because that's just not the way the Cowboys want to yeah. play. They're going to be much better off if he throws every single game for. 200 yards and is efficient rather than throwing for 350 yards and being not efficient. Yeah, right? and, and I think also it's the reason that you don't, you know, view Cam Newton as I think the, the league doesn't view Cam Newton as a, as much of a superstar as they should. I mean, because what he does is absolutely right. ridiculous, you know, for his team. So I, I think that you know, along those lines, people need to understand that there are lots of different ways to win. The Cowboys have their own way of winning, and it usually does not include, you know, Dak Prescott throwing for 450 yards. In fact, I would imagine that Especially that if he did throw for 450 yards, that have to do that. I'm sorry, what'd you say? I said, especially now that they have a defense where they don't have to throw for worth. Yeah, and uh, it's not like we're back into 2013 where every game has to be a shootout. Now it's more just about being efficient, not turning the ball. I, mean, I was just going to say that, like, I think if anything. Dak throwing for 450 yards probably is a good indicator that they lost. You know, I mean, I think, it, yeah, I, I just think that, that, that the Cowboys are, you know, they're at a position where, and I think, you know, I'm going to bring up this, this stat that, you know, we was tweeted earlier uh, by, uh, what was the, what was the account, Marcus? The, Adam, Adam J T 13. And NFL teams are 26 and one since 2005 when averaging 6.2 to 6.4 yards per uh, attempt while under 200 yards passing for the game. Uh, that, that, you know, that is the kind of thing that, you know, and, and no, in INTs, that's, that's the other key part of that that's important, um, is you know, the, I, the, the idea of efficiency is, is what I'm talking about. And, and that is a way you can win ball games. Uh, and, and he actually extrapolated it out. Under 200 yards, under 30 attempts, and no interceptions equals 1,032 to 253 and three ties. So uh, you know, it's it's a it's a way to win the game. You know, it may not look good on your fantasy football score. And I talked about that when I mentioned all this earlier in the week. Is that you know, one of the reasons I don't love fantasy football, and I'm, you know, everyone has their own thing, and I think it's done some good stuff for the for the NFL, and and maybe you know, boosting the attention in a way that it wasn't there before. But I think one of the downsides is that it's trained our uh, uh, fandom to value the incorrect things at times, and yes, and I and yes. I think that is really problematic. For you know, trying to be rational and try you know, looking at fantasy football points and determining that is is you might be able to determine who you know how who's going to be a winner or who's going to help you on your fantasy teams, but it doesn't provide you with a lot of great context for how the NFL team that the player plays for is doing, you know, or how they're playing. So or so how how they win. We can we can use Saquon. We can use Saquon's performance from Sunday night as a perfect example. Saquon, I think, caught 14 passes or something insane 14 for 80 passes yards. for 80 yards, yeah. Uh, 
you look on a, on a fantasy team, if you're playing in a PPR league, that's, what, 23 points right yeah. there? But that doesn't mean anything to on the field. Most of the time, those were all wins for the Cowboys. Every time Saquon caught a pass for five yards, that was a big win for the Cowboys because it prevented them from getting a first down. It, I Listen, I think some of the brightest minds in football are in the fantasy football community, and I absolutely love everything that they bring. But I think you're right on this one. I think too often we use counting stats and passing yards and rushing yards to determine who are good and useful players in the NFL. And that's simply just not true. We know for the passing game in the NFL that there's a strong correlation to teams that have a lot of passing yards typically don't do that well because they're having to pass because they're down in games. Uh, I'm thinking of Matthew Stafford from 2012, I think, threw 700 passes for 5,000 yards, and their team was terrible. I, I Listen, I absolutely agree with you on this one. I, I think the Cowboys want Prescott to be efficient. They could care less about uh, about his passing my, yards. My brand, my brand, tattoo it on my forehead, is <laughs> what is the context what is the context of these numbers? What is the context of that information? Right. What is the context of this and this and that? You don't make judgments. Uh, don't make judgments that you feel certain about while looking through the keyhole of the door and think that you know all the information. You don't. You, you have to trust. You have to look at everything that you get. You have to try to determine motivations, and then you got to understand the context of everything. And with stuff like stats and fantasy football, stats are, you know, the person who said that stats don't lie is a liar because you stats are the <laughs> weapon of liars. That's very the, true. And Marcus Mosier, it's so great that I have you here on the show to talk about this because nobody <laughs> does it. Nobody does it better than Marcus Mosier. <laughs> When it comes to – yeah, listen. You are a, a genius at this and I have to explain to people all the time. You are uh, so good at taking the context away, getting certain stats to you know, specifically rile people up. It's, it's, I, I'm not even being sarcastic. It is impressive. Uh, so kudos to you. Seriously. It's annoying. I hate watching it. I hate watching people fall apart and what you do to people on Twitter. But I, I mean damn if it's not uh... impressive, Marcus. Uh, but no, I, I think to kind of get back on this show somehow, um, I, I think that this is another example of when you don't look at the con- – you know, it's just like the DeMarco Murray thing that we had that really started our <laughs> initial talks years ago. You know, it's like the running yards, you know, and, and whether – what it, how it translates to wins and losses – you know, is the, the how you know teams mm-hmm. when you when you rush for a, a hundred yards, teams are you know <laughs> my favorite you know, stat ever. And, 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 and it's obviously because the teams are winning; they're running the ball to kill the game. So without the football, or like the total number yes. of carries, Demarco so, Murray has twenty uh, carries in a game. The Cowboys are nineteen again, and zero. Without the X's and O's strategic uh, context, the understanding of that, the the numbers. The statistics are worthless because they could be manipulated to tell you whatever story you want to know. Right. Wow, we just went wow. off a long discussion about Super stats when we were supposed to be talking about the L22, but that's all right. Uh, I, I think it was important because uh, – I got to sing. I you know, you I mean, that, that was important, right? It's, it's, it's really true. <laughs> it, it, back to Twitter really quick. I just like putting stats out there and letting people – 
put their own opinions. I just want to see what, what on the, uh, the temperature of. <laughs> yeah, I want to see what the temperature of the Cowboys community is. And listen, let me tell you this: people were not <laughs> dude, happy after dude, the game. You, you, I, you're the guy that likes to take the temperature of Cowboys Twitter by lighting, putting your lighter underneath the mercury and saying, "Oh, it's uh, today. It's 120 degrees outside it's warm today." <laughs> it's close enough. All right, let's pause so we can tell you guys about my bookie. <laughs> Uh, my bookie has been in this business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me in the past, and that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you could even bet the overrunner on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. I mean, we just trashed the fantasy community, but that's all right. <laughs> no, no, Join we now and my bookie will match your deposit. Yeah, they're right. Join now, my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, I want to spend a couple minutes on the Cowboys' offensive line. Now that we've got a chance to go back and review the All-22, it's really hard to see what these guys are doing on the broadcast. You can get a general idea, but it's hard to really get a good grasp of everything going on without that without that coach's film. Uh, Landon, what did you see from the Cowboys' offensive line in Week 2? Well, uh, first of all, uh, Tyron Smith uh, had a great—and you knew he would— he had a great bounce back game and, and just yes. overall played fantastic at, at different points. He was tossing folks. I, I, I think he's really enjoying this new uh, Giants defensive line. Um, uh, think? Yeah, I think he is. He's probably very happy. I think he was, I think he was very happy, very happy to be going against Kareem Martin uh, as opposed to JPP uh, snap after snap. So uh, and, and also not a, a Vernon as well because he was uh, injured, but. Um, yeah, a guy that's given Tyron some problems in the yeah, past. Yeah, too, he's, so. yeah, he's yeah, happy. very good. So uh, I think uh, you know that made that made him happy. I, you know, I will say that one of the things that um, that I you know just going in and watching the game, you see small things, and you kind of go back and check to see if if it really was the way that you uh, assumed it was. And uh, to me, just from my my game eyes, I felt like. Uh, Connor Williams really had a good football game, uh, and I and going back and watching it, it, it looks like he did. Um, you know, I think he, uh, you know, he had a couple different plays where he was, you know, a little bit overmatched, but he certainly wasn't embarrassed embarrassed by uh, in, in, at any point, which is you know a concern considering who he was going up against. Um, and you know, there was a different one or two different times, including that I think it was that first big run that Zeke had um, on an outside. Uh, between uh, Connor and, and Tyron, uh, that uh, he got up on Tomlinson, got him turned, and then finished him as uh, you know as he was coming through the hole, uh, as Zeke was coming through the hole. So uh, you know, I think if anything, Connor Williams showed us a lot of of improvement at the very least. Um, and I think that you know there were a couple other plays that I had to I wanted to see to you know confirm there was a an early run on. Um, I think it was the first or second down on the first drive where um, um, they Zeke was running wide zone and uh, it looked like Leo Collins got a good block on the reach of uh, of Snacks Harrison and then he looked like he just 
stumbled and kept on running and ran past him and Snacks went the other way and, and made the t- uh, the tackle. But going back and watching the All-22, Snacks put his hand inside of Lael's face mask <laughs> and kind of just slingshotted him. It was like, it was crazy. That's your move. Yeah, so, uh, you know, that's kind of... I guess that's the way to keep the uh, offensive linemen off you is just to kind of fling them to the ground and hope the refs don't call it. I I will also point out, though, um, that I was uh, very disappointed in uh, going to learn to find out that uh, Tyron Smith did not, in fact, block three people on the uh on the touchdown like i thought he only <laughs> blocked two um so but uh only, only two, only two uh professional football players were erased off of the uh the game uh by tyron smith that play so uh yeah i, I think uh i mean he definitely got his hand on the third guy but i i i don't know that i could call it a uh a triple block which is what i was hoping for but overall i think yeah i mean the offensive line looked very very good um you know, I think anytime the Cowboys can do what was it, 160 yards or no, no, I'm sorry, uh, 138 yeah. yards rushing, 5.5 yards a pop. That's uh, you know they're obviously running the ball well, and and, and Dak took no sacks all all night. So uh, that's that's a good offensive line performance just on on the stat sheet. And then when you go back and watch, uh, the technique really certainly matches up to that. And remember what I said about this offensive line. Typically, the first two weeks of the season are the roughest for the group. Uh, what did you see from Taco in week two against the Giants? Well, I, I mean, I definitely saw a guy who uh, has started is starting to come into his own. You know, I mean, I think you know he's he spent a whole off season getting his body right and, and getting it to where he wanted to be, um, and and I think. You know that's that's one part of the process, obviously. But then the other part of the process, especially for a guy like Taco, and you know, you you and I have discussed this, and we've been talking about this for years. You know, the the way this guy is going to make it in the league is he's going to be a guy who is going to be a technician because he's got NFL body, you know, NFL athleticism, but he's not like uh, he's not the most super explosive defensive end, you know, like he's got the arms, right, and the leg. Right. he needs to be taught a bunch of technique and he doesn't have, he didn't have that coming into the league. So that was a process, you know, and, and that's, that's not an easy thing to do. I, I have to think that he's a little bit ahead of the curve of where I thought he would be just based on where he's come from. I and mean, I think, you know, we kind of thought what year three was year, probably going to be the year that he ascended yeah. to be a quality. Yeah. Starter. Year three was, was my target for sure. Um, and I think that that's pretty typical of, I mean, I think, you know, you talk to a guy like Joey Ikes, he'll tell you that year three is, you know, traditionally when those guys start to break out in a way that, you know, at least shows you what the rest of their career is going to be like. So, um, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, you know, he had a sack, but that was not, you know, basically a blown, you know, protection that was more than anything but that you know, so that wasn't even his most impressive rush i mean you know we saw a couple different instances but give him credit but give him credit oh, yeah, for no, that no, absolutely though, he yeah. at least he made no, the no, play absolutely and, and, right and i i failed to mention I, I, that he it's it, he had to stay under control to make that play and while he didn't beat anybody to get there he made the play and that's what you have to do in those situations so sorry no 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 no, no but I, I you're totally right and i wasn't trying to like uh discredit him i, I at all my point was actually 
he had several other rushes that were much more impressive, you know. And it, it, yeah, you're absolutely right. He he had he had to make the play, and he did. And that's not always a given with with some of these guys. Um, but but I you know it's just that I saw a couple other different plays. You mentioned the one with the backside pursuit. Uh, you know, John and I were giddy over the idea that he he executed a dip move on 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 Nate mm-hmm. Solder, and it worked. It, he would have probably gotten a sack if he had uh, uh, taken a little bit of a better angle. But uh, you know, that's I'd never seen him do that before. And so you know, he's starting to throw a couple of these moves that. He didn't have before, you know. He's he's hustling to the ball. He's you know he picked. He was the one who uh, recovered the fumbles. So he's you know he's around the ball a lot. And uh, you know I think that he's really come on in a big way. And it feels like it feels like him and, and Jalen Smith in some ways. Every week you watch them, they're getting better. And and and, and so I feel like yeah, I, I definitely. You know, look. I mean, the taco roller coaster in fandom is is quite something because, you know, I was definitely <laughs> leading the charge of I didn't love the taco pick at six. At uh, what was it, seventeen or what? What was it? no? It was twenty twenty seven, right? Twenty seven. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't. I didn't like the pick at first. I wanted T.J. Watt. Once they talked about what the what the thought process was, I still wasn't happy. But my thought, but I was thinking was. You know, I think he could be a guy that could be a you know six to eight sack guy for a long time if he could you know figure out his technique. He's got a good body for what they want to do. You know, I, I all that I bought into, but I also knew there was going to be a, a process. You know, it's going to take a while, and, and now suddenly he's ahead of that process. So uh, so far, so good with him. He's become a obviously a big part of this rotation, um, and I think. You know, a, a lot of what makes it great is that we have a good rotation. You know, I, I think that's a big part of this is that the expectations were pretty low for what he's ge- needing to do output and production wise. And so far, he's, you know, exceeding that, frankly. All right, Landon, did you see the play where he dropped back in coverage when he had to cover Odell? Uh, he he dropped from the right side, kind of carried Odell all the way to the linebackers. Did, did you happen to see that play on the All-22? <sighs> Yeah, I did, and you know that's it's interesting because it, it seems like I've seen a couple of those kind of zone blitzes, you know, uh, where they drop a defensive lineman and uh, and you know blitz, and the you know obviously with the idea that they're they're really hoping they gets home because a lot of these times the mismatches are pretty serious, you know, and and sure. I would say t- Taco versus. Uh, uh, Odell Beckham is a pretty serious. I mean, it's zone, so it's not like he's trying to man he up with job, him. Though. But he, yeah, he did his job, though. But yeah, a good job of carrying him. I mean, the thing, the, the theory is sound as long as the zone isn't big. That that a big guy should be able to cover his zone well because of his his length, and if he's an athletic guy, he can move mm-hmm. around. Now, the speed comes into play when you have to play a large zone and you got to cover ground. But if you're talking about him, you know, covering a flat. Temporarily, I, I think he can get in the way of of you know block you know get block out the sun for for Odell Beckham for a few seconds while the blitz gets there. Now, if if the blitz doesn't get there, Odell is going to vacate that area <laughs> and he's going to be wide open and, he, and he's probably going to score a touchdown. So it's you, you need to get there, but it, you know it's a risk that I think I you know I had that conversation with. Uh, with uh, John on Twitter is about it. He was talking about how risky it is, and I'm like, it's it's a risk I'm willing to take against the Giants' offensive line. Sure, um, let's let's talk about Jalen Smith a little bit. Uh, you talked about him a little bit earlier about how he's continuing to improve. 
Uh, that's absolutely true. I, I know I, I posted this play on Twitter and people went crazy with it, but I think his play in the fourth quarter against Odell, where he carried Odell all the way to the end zone from the middle linebacker spot on the play where Jeff Heath intercepts the ball out of bounds, might have been the best play I've ever seen Jalen Smith make. His movement skills on that were just absolutely fantastic. You're starting to see some of that explosiveness. There was a play where Jalen tackled Saquon Barkley behind the line of scrimmage. He just shot the gap and exploded and made that play. Uh, he's starting to become the player that the Cowboys were envisioning when they took him with the 34th pick in the 2016 draft. What did you see from Jalen on Sunday night? More of the same, you know. Just, just every, like I said before, every week he's getting better, um, you know. And I think at this point, it's because of you know instincts and recognition and that sort of thing. I, I, I mean, is yeah, I mean, people are still trying to you know kind of carve. Oh well, you know, I, I still see some lateral speed issues, and I'm like, okay, buddy. Well, did you see that play where uh, Barkley couldn't get the corner on him? After he shot the gap and they ran, to, they had a foot race to the to the to the sideline. If he is missing lateral agility from this, then oh, I, I'm good with it never showing up at this point. I'm okay with his lateral agility. I'm okay with the kind of athlete that this guy is right now. So uh, yeah, I I think that you're, you're what you're seeing is that he's become a wrecking ball in the middle of this field. When he when he knows what he's doing, when he sees it, he he he. He pulls the trigger, he gets to it quickly, and, and he is so athletic that he can do such an amazing range of things from blowing up a backside guard who's coming up to the second level to get you and just just knocking him off his feet and then running running down the uh, uh, Barkley on the other side, which we saw, and then, you know, also running step for step with Evan Ingram and uh you know OBJ up the field you know these guys are 4-4 guys and he's you know running with them up down the sideline so yeah i i think that what we're seeing is uh, a little bit of the fulfillment on that pick and uh and i think it's it's been a long time coming but i you know it's hard not to it's really really hard not to uh you know associate his improvements with the sharp rise in, in the level of play on the defense. The only thing that I would say with Jalen now is he just needs to improve his tackling. It's, it's something that he obviously can. I don't have any problems with him in coverage and run defense. I, I think the more he plays, the, the, the quicker that'll get solved. It's just, it's really fun to see Jalen back on the field making plays. That's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next.